An obligation has been imposed on me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, mentions that he is obligated to preach the gospel, as all pastors are. Notice he's very clear to speak about an obligation that could be either done willingly or unwillingly. This is what obedience is all about. Obedience is about following God's will, hopefully willingly. As we continue our homily series on St. Joseph and his litany, we are today consider the litany petition, St. Joseph Most Obedient. This obedience of Joseph was something he would have exercised from his youngest uh, years, being obedient to his parents, being obedient to God. We can see in his righteousness it was truly buttressed by his obedience. We see multiple cases in Scripture, some of which we've already spoken about, uh, in regards to his obedience. Notice when he was reticent to be the husband of the Immaculate Conception and the foster father of Jesus, the Incarnation, even when he was doing this out of humility, he wanted to back away because he was not worthy, he still promptly responded after the angel told him, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. So he responded immediately and willingly. After the Nativity and after the Epiphany, he, of course, was given that warning in a dream by the angel to flee to Egypt. And, of course, that is exactly what he did. It says that he woke up and in haste took the mother and the child to Egypt. He woke up immediately after that dream and began the process of departure. This obedience of Joseph is immediate. It is willing. And notice what both of those things do. Immediacy allows us to focus on the fact that we are trusting. Immediacy means I have no room in myself for any kind of laziness towards God's will or any kind of hesitation, any lack of faith or doubt. The immediacy is that great part of the virtue of obedience that says, I will step to it right at your word. Yes, there are times when we don't know what to do because not every commandment is easily understood in regards to its application in particular situations. But when it becomes clear that immediacy should be a part of our obedience, willingness is one of the aspects that makes obedience meritorious. Obedience is really meritorious in three ways. St. Thomas Aquinas speaks about these things at length. First and foremost, when we are obedient, especially to God, we are conforming ourselves, not just to some kind of ambivalent or arbitrary rule. We are conforming ourselves to the being of God. Everything emanates, that is good, true, and beautiful, emanates from God. And so, when we are obeying the divine law, we are conforming our very beings to he who is perfect. We have that benefit of being almost like God because we are following his plan for us 
and in fact a plan that emanates from his being. And just a hint, when we do the creed in a few minutes, there's a reason why the creed is organized according to the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All aspects of our faith derive their very existence from God, his goodness. And in fact, all reality is from God. Evil is a rejection of reality, is a rejection of goodness, truth, and beauty, is literally almost a non-being because we are saying no. So Joseph shows us this great sense of willingness. And for young people here, a reminder that yes, we have to be obedient to our parents, to our legitimate authority in school and to legitimate authority in regards to government. But part of the key is this willingness. And just to share with you, I remember when I started to have inklings of wondering, you know, I'm really kind of hesitating about what my mom and dad are telling me to do. I was either in sixth or seventh grade. And I, I'm proud of the fact because I actually remember the day that I thought this through and decided, why do I want to cause a problem for mom and dad? Yes, mom and dad aren't God, but they've been given to me and they love me and I will do my best because they have been generous. I was number seven of eight and it just dawned on me in junior high, you know, why can't I willingly do what they want me to do? And I, again, I'll never forget, I was in the back part of the house thinking this whole thing through and then realizing it's the willingness that counts. At the end of the day, mom and dad were going to win, but I was going to win morally and in virtue if I was going to be willing. My brothers and sisters, in, today, in today's world, we often think that obedience is only for servants or even worse, slaves that it means we are losing freedom. No, first and foremost, obedience to God is the ultimate kind of freedom because we are being free to become the best sons and daughters of God possible. And of course, God honors our prudence, as we've already spoken about in regards to Joseph, most prudent. He wants us to not just be servants who don't know the reasons. As he says in Scripture, he wants us to be sons and daughters who know what we are about, who know what the Father wants. And it's all a part of understanding God's plan and willingly giving ourselves to it. If we don't give ourselves to God, we will find ourselves being obedient to our base desires. We'll find ourselves addicted to sin, to evil. Let us reject these lower forms of obedience and instead always give our hearts to God. Furthermore, we must be obedient as is proper and appropriate to other legitimate authorities besides God, obviously the church and our parents, but also those legitimate authorities in the government. Notice Joseph was obedient when it came to the census. Uh, the historian Josephus points out that a lot of the Jews at the time were rebelling against the census. Because God had commanded earlier in the Old Testament, the king shall not make a census of the people. So many of the leaders were saying, no, no, we can't participate in this. Joseph was in the lurch. What am I going to do? I want to be true to God's law, but I want to be true to the obedience, legitimate authority. And of course, notice how it's relayed in Scripture. 
that he was doing the right thing because he was unknowingly fulfilling the prophecy that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. He had to make that decision. Oh, that law, that commandment applied not to the emperor. It applied to a Israel, a king of Israel or a king of Judah. And he very reasonably said, I will be obedient to the legitimate authority. Same thing in regards to other aspects. He was obedient. He fleed from the illegitimate authority of Herod, but he was obedient in regards to legitimate authority. Now, in our era, again, we see a lot of areas where sometimes government can produce or can promote that which is just. It's supposed to do that. It can promote order and peace. Other times, things that our government might try to induce range, and I'm just going to be frank, they might range from something stupid to something immoral. We don't need to give a bunch of examples now, but even obedience to things that are not seriously unjust or immoral can be a way of giving ourselves a legitimate authority. And one concrete example, look, I much prefer the way the Germans have their driving laws. I love their rules regarding the Autobahn. In certain areas, when you're in the left lane, you turn on your left blinker, and you drive as fast and as reasonable and safe as you think you can. I love it, but I'm not German. This is not Germany. I prefer South Dakota and North Dakota speed limits. I admit, 80 miles an hour seems safe and reasonable to me on an endless stretch of road, but I do have to owe my local authorities obedience. I also don't like paying the fines, but it's the idea of a legitimate obedience, even to something that I think is not the best idea when it's limited too much. But I'm not going to go so far as to call everything that I disagree with a sin or evil. It's just something that I would say some things are imprudent. And so we nonetheless give ourselves in those things that are at least not evil, not seriously unjust, to our legitimate authority so that we grow in the virtue of that sense of willingness. And we also promote in that third way the common good. As when all of us are being obedient properly, we promote a family, for example, like a parish, our family life and society in a way that's ordered and in a way that can work together, hopefully, towards virtue, holiness, and salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.